Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose... They were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown in the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Siblings in Christ, grace to you and peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Nolan, I think that one got out of order somehow. Can you go to the next one? I'll come back to that one. I wonder if you've ever noticed, and you probably have, that Jesus and the biblical writers really like to talk about farming, and gardening, and use this imagery of plants growing. And I'm glad that we at least have a little bit of experience with planting seeds and growing things, because it's all over the Bible. And here's the thing. I am not a good gardener. This is the garden in front of our house, and it came like that, except it looked better when we moved here a year ago. I appreciate flowers. I like fresh vegetables. I like well-kept lawns. Weeding and planting sounds like a lot of extra work. For the first four years that Kristen and I were married, we lived in an apartment building, so we didn't have to worry about any of it. Somebody came and mowed the lawn. We had no garden. We had no option. It was perfect. (laughs) And then in my first call, we lived in a parsonage, a house owned by the church, and it was right across the street from the church, which meant not only did everyone know where we lived, they also could see if we were keeping up with the landscaping. And so our first summer after we moved to Green, we went, we thought we need some flowers. We need to do something with these flower beds. And so we went to the library garden sale, the master gardeners or something were having a sale. 
And we stood there staring at plants until a few wonderful church ladies came and took pity on us and said, you want that and you want that and you want that. <laughs> In my mind, we cheated a little bit because we didn't start with seeds, but that's probably for the better. Most of them survived thanks to having that head start of already being growing. You can only kill them so fast. The next year, we went to, I think, Walmart. We got a few peppers and tomatoes, and those grew. That's about the extent of my life experience with gardening. Again, we've done absolutely nothing to these plants since we moved here, and they keep coming back. It's great. Really, they just make me appreciate those of you who do landscaping and gardening, and especially those who take care of the stuff uh, here at church. And I think we're looking for more help with that. If anybody sees that and thinks, ooh, that's me. I really want to help gardening. My point is, in this parable from Matthew, Jesus is using an agricultural image, talking about sowing seeds. And there's really only two things that I know about sowing. First of all, I know when Jesus says, a sower went out to sow, he's talking about planting seeds. He's not talking about a needle and thread. Sounds the same, different word. I don't know anything about that kind of sowing either. I do know, second thing I know, Plants generally grow better in good soil than they do in gravel or in a parking lot. Kind of obvious. When we've tried growing plants, I did know enough to get some good, rich potting soil for them to grow in. I did not just toss them onto the sidewalk and then wonder why they didn't grow. In the story, Jesus is describing someone who takes handfuls of seeds and just scatters it. Throws it, throws it around. He doesn't use modern tools like a combine or a planter, but even by ancient standards where everybody plants their seeds like that, the sower in this story is not very good at his job. Now you can go to that other picture, that first one. Deacon Cory Driver describes how even today, in the rolling hills of Galilee and among the Judean highlands, there's these thin terraces with path and rocks and weeds and soil, all within a few feet of each other. And they've grown like this for centuries. And those terraced farms, you can see how, as you scatter seed, it would fall in all the places Jesus is describing. But really, if you have a farm like this, it calls for even more caution, even more care. You have to be much more careful in sowing because, and the crowd listening to Jesus certainly knew this, Seed was expensive. It's not something to waste. You don't have a whole lot of extra profit margin in a farm like that. And yet this sower just tosses it around wherever. And what happens is not surprising. Some of it lands on the rocky ground where it can't take root. Some of it lands where the birds eat it. Some of it falls in the hedge around the field. It gets choked out by the thorns. What a waste. There is no strategic organization here, no plan. It's almost frivolous. So if the sower here represents God, God is not very good at planting. Unless, maybe that's one of the points. Maybe the point Jesus is making, at least part of it, is about the generosity of the sower. These parables are stories Jesus uses to teach about God's kingdom. And so perhaps Jesus is trying to teach us, to show us a God who indiscriminately throws seeds, sows regardless of the type of soil, 
offers it freely to everybody. So maybe this is about God's abundance and generosity. Now, obviously, this parable is an allegory. Unlike many of Jesus' parables, it's pretty clear what this one's talking about because Jesus gives us an explanation. He gives us the key to understanding it. The seed, Jesus says, is the good news of the kingdom of God. And the soil is the people who hear the word, who hear Jesus' message about God's kingdom. And Jesus even gives us the examples of what the different types of soil represent. And it has to do with how open people like us are to hearing God's good news. So what kind of soil are we? Are we shallow people who hear the good news that God's kingdom is coming? We get excited about it, maybe get excited on Sunday morning, and then move on with the rest of our lives as if nothing's changed. People who forget about our excitement as soon as life throws something tough at us. Do we expect every Sunday to be as exciting as worship in the park a couple weeks ago or the pastor's conference I was at this week? There were a lot of people. There was loud music. It was exciting. Or are we willing to believe that God is at work even in the everyday parts of life? That God is at work for good all the time? That God is good all the time, not just in the parts where we can see it and it's obvious? Or are we people who hear the word and don't pay attention? People who hear the word but don't make any effort to learn what it means, who think that faith and church are good things to have around, good for others, but you know, not really for us. Or maybe for those of us who are here in church, do we think of the church as this nice institution that somebody's going to take care of and someone will step up and do it, or are we personally willing to live as the body of Christ? Is our commitment to having a building to go to on Sunday, an institution to belong to, or are we committed to being a part of the movement of God's action in the world, in our neighborhood, in our lives? Or perhaps, and I think I relate more to this one, perhaps we're the soil with the thorns, where we get overwhelmed by the cares of this world? Are we drowning in the busyness, the struggles of day-to-day life, and simply don't have time for God? I think that describes a lot of people in our world. Sometimes that describes me. And of course, the reality is, at different times, we are all of these different types of soil. I don't believe that there are people who are always a rocky path and we should just write them off and not bother scattering seed there. There's nobody who's always a thorn bush. Some people might feel like that sometimes. There's nobody who is always a thorn bush. And so I know that there are days when I feel like freshly watered soil, open to whatever God is doing, ready to step out and say, Lord, take my life, let it be all for you. And then there are days when I just feel dried out. Days when I feel like I need God's help just to get out of bed. And I suspect that's true for you as well. Hant Hansen, which is a great name, Hant Hansen has this wonderful hymn that we're going to sing in a few minutes about this passage. And really it's a prayer. And we'll sing it shortly, but listen to the words before we sing it. He writes, Lord, 
Let my heart be good soil, open to the seed of your word. Lord, let my heart be good soil where love can grow and peace is understood. When my heart is hard, break the stone away. When my heart is cold, warm it with the day. When my heart is lost, lead me on your way. Lord, let my heart be good soil. And there are things we can do to form our hearts into better soil, right? Like reading scripture, praying, making time for worship like you've done today. Even just taking time to look and to notice God in the world that helps prepare that soil. These are good. There's always more that we can do to grow in faith. But ultimately, it all comes back to what God is doing. God is the one acting in this story. We can and should work to make our hearts good soil, but it doesn't do any good unless the sower sows indiscriminately, generously, abundantly. We desire to be good soil, but on those days, in those seasons of life where we're not, take comfort in the fact that the sower sows even on the rocky soil. The sower doesn't give up on us when our lives get full of rocks, when there's too much rain or we feel dry. And of course, it is ultimately the sower, the farmer, who tends the soil, the Holy Spirit who breaks up the clumps, pulls out the weeds, spreads the fertilizer. It's the sower who makes the soil to be good soil. It's the Holy Spirit who softens our hearts, who inspires faith. And there's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where Paul writes that he planted, he planted the seed of the word, he told them about Jesus. Apollos, his companion, watered, taught them more, took them deeper. But it was God who gave the growth. God is the one doing the work. And so by our standards, God in this story might be a lousy farmer, but God is abundantly generous. We believe God is good all the time. God is good even when life is bad. God is good even when life is sad. God is good when life is good. And sometimes it's when life is good that it's hardest to remember God's goodness. God's goodness and God's generosity do not depend on us. Thanks be to God for that. God sows whether we are ready to receive or not. And it might seem like that would waste a lot of seed. But God's word is not limited like that. We don't run out of it. In that first reading from Isaiah, we heard Isaiah say, The word of the Lord accomplishes what it sets out to do. God's word never comes back empty. God's faithfulness, God's goodness is as regular as the rain and the snow coming down from heaven. The plant doesn't get to decide whether it rains or not. It simply receives the rain as it comes and then grows. Dr. David Lowe's puts it better than I can. He says, God loves us just as we are and so regards us as worthy of being showered with grace. Loving us as we are is not, of course, the same as being content with where we are. In fact, precisely because God loves us, God wants us to discover the abundant life of trust in God, in love and service to our neighbor. Precisely because God loves us, 
God wants us to grow into the people God knows we can be, the people God created us to be. So this week, may you recognize the amazing, generous, abundant love of God who plants in you the seed of God's word and calls you to grow by the Holy Spirit. May you be good soil for God's word to take root in your life. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord, today and always. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.